Basketball is like photography. If you don't focus, all you have is the negative. Dan Frisbee said that, and I'm saying this. Welcome to High and Low. Good day and good night. Welcome to the High and Low Basketball Show. Yes, basketball show. I'm not changing it. Just, I just feel like calling it the High and Low Basketball Show this week. Anyway, this is episode number Isaiah Stewart in reverse, a.k.a. episode number 82. Also, the number of games in an NBA season, which if you're listening to this podcast, you already know. However, allow me to posit my opinion on the length of an NBA season. It should be 70. That's the magic number. 70 games is perfect. Actually, if the league ever really considered 70, they might as well drop it to 69. <laughs> it would uh, it would never nice. happen. Nice, nice. <laughs> well <laughs> but, uh, played, well played. <laughs> I mean, hey, listen, I would love to see the look on Dennis Robbins' face uh, if the league <laughs> went to 69 games. You know, it's like, okay, all right, you couldn't let me wear the number 69, but you want 69 games in a season? Okay, I see you, NBA. Anyway, like I said, it would never happen, not in this PG era of basketball and sports entertainment. Um, anyway, my name is Ike Amechi, and today's starting lineup is Hugo and Sean Kahn. Yes, again, we are doing the three-man weave. Around here, we talk about basketball, specifically the NBA. We talk about it anywhere, at any time, north, south, east, west, high, and low. This week on High and Low, we're talking about the greatest NBA duos that ended badly. Like an ugly divorce. Recently, I heard that uh, Jalen Rose is filed for divorce so him and Molly Karam are done. Speaking of divorce, hope it doesn't get ugly though. Time to slide in those DMs. <laughs> I don't. I don't think Jalen um, has Instagram, bro. Sorry. He does have Instagram. He's always showing <laughs> off his hairline on Instagram. That's not who I was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, it's not. It's not officially done yet. Um. So as we do every week, we'll get into some NBA news. I'll drop the topic and just call an ISO, give these guys a space to opine. Uh, but before we get to all that, before we lock in, let's check in. Where are you? At this very moment, I'm in my shed, my makeshift cave of digital solitude. And I have an announcement. Spit it out, Corporal. There will be no more raccoon talk. The war is over. And I'm moving on. And I'll leave it at that. Who won? They, no, well, they've taken over your house and you live in the shed now. So the record's clearly won. You can come to any conclusion you want to. I will say no more. <laughs> uh, Hugo. Hugo's our, our resident Iron Man. Uh, he's at home, cozy and comfortable. Uh, we're not going to talk about the toe this week because Stephen told us on Discord uh, that he was getting the dry heaves while listening to you explain and expound. On your on your toes, so uh, we can only assume that Stephen wasn't the only one. So we'll save the listeners this week. Uh, for those listeners who don't know, Stephen is a guest that some appears on the show from time to time. Boom, bam, bop, bada bop, boom. Facts. If, if Facts. And uh, he he didn't get at you on Discord. He was a special uh, a guest that sent an email to the uh, mailbox. <laughs> 
Oh, he deserves that. Uh, hey, and you heard Sean's voice. Sean is at home. We've had snow and the temperatures dropped significantly. So the best place to be is inside these days at home. And uh, I have a question for both of you, actually. Tis the season, as they say. Your love of basketball is no secret. Do you guys typically get NBA-related gifts around this time of year? I don't know. That's a good question. I feel like there's... Well, I went to the Christmas Day game in Toronto two years ago, I guess that was. Mm. Um, sorry, not two. Three, three years ago. Damn. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, I've I've gotten like basketball shoes. I think I got I got Air Force Ones one year. Um, nice, not black ones, right? No, they're white and uh, and blue. You know what they say about people who wear black Air Force Ones, right? I do, I do. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm definitely I don't fall in that category. All right, um, damn. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I can't think of anything specifically sports related besides those. So my kids know, like they always they always struggle to figure out what to get dad. So they're always pretty safe with getting me either like a Raptors t shirt or something, or <laughs> or something Pittsburgh Steelers. So they know if they get me one of those two things, then that'll be all right. But you know me in Christmas, so I'm I'm not the biggest fan of that holiday. So yeah, yeah. Anyway, Sean, you go. I appreciate the time this week. Thank you for joining me, listeners. High and low lives. Thank you for joining us. Another week, another episode, more NBA, some more high and low. This week in NBA history, CP3 moved to L.A. On December 14th, 2011, Chris Paul packed up his in New Orleans and he moved to Los Angeles. Now, he didn't move to L.A. to play in the the purple and gold uniform of Kobe, which was the uh, the deal announced on December 8th. Commissioner David Stern shut that down nullifying the deal and instead he let cp3 play in la as a clipper a clipper with blake griffin and deandre jordan this was a big move because chris paul was generally regarded as the best point guard in the nba and uh, really coming into his own as an mvp candidate all nba selections all defensive you know, leading the league in assists. He continued to prove everyone correct in that assessment by helping turn the Clippers into a perennial playoff team because they were not that before that. And, uh, and hey, they, they turned into a legitimate championship contender. Some early skeptics felt that the Clippers might have given up too much in the trade that brought Chris Paul to uh, L.A. The Hornets sent CP3 and two future second-round picks to the Clippers for Eric Gordon, Chris came in and Al Farouk Aminu, plus a first-round unprotected pick that eventually turned into Austin Rivers. Now, the Hornets eventually became the Pelicans as the Charlotte Bobcats adopted the Hornets' name, and they landed Anthony Davis in the draft, which was a good start, but, you know, it eventually spiraled into nothingness, which is where they are right now. But the Clippers definitely won this trade. I mean, they went from Sacramento Kings status to prime time. Good enough to lure Kawhi Leonard away from the Raptors. Right, guys? Yeah, no? we, don't, we, we don't talk about Uncle Dennis. Yeah, we don't talk about that here. Okay, well, I mean, hey, I mean, you know, Clippers. Woohoo. <laughs> Sorry, I brought up Kawhi Leonard and Raptors, and now you guys are just depressed. They anyway. Up, they may come up later on today. All right. Okay, I can't wait to hear that. <laughs> anyway, that's a little something for the NBA history nerds. 
Uh, things are certainly happening in the NBA today. So let's get into some NBA news, the high and low way. Since we talked about the decline of LeBron James last week, he's been on a tear. Almost like he heard the podcast and was like, all right, okay, I see you. Then he put together an impressive string of games. Can LeBron sustain this, though? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think I think he can. Obviously, he's never shown up to this point in his career that he can't, and the fact that he did it for six games in a row or whatever it was. I mean, he he, he had looked like he had lost his staff. His, his stats are still down across the board, mind you, not very much, and they're, they're, they're climbing now because he has had that string of good games. Um, I think the decline is more of, of, a, of a comment about his ability and his durability to to stay in the games um yeah. and and not be injured um he's obviously what 30 37 so yeah, yeah i think i think that's obviously going to be a question but um if he's healthy i don't see why he can't i just don't see him being super healthy for the whole year he, he can't he's too old we know this <laughs> he's starting to fade i mean they have to load manage him if if you're running that Lakers organization and you continue to run him like he's still a rookie, you're a damn fool. The Lakers are not going to be judged by the regular season, even though we like to talk about it during the regular season. They're going to be judged by the playoffs, and you need to have a healthy LeBron James in the playoffs. They don't need to be the number one overall in the in the West. They should be top four if they want to do something interesting and make their lives easier for themselves, mm-hmm. right? But you you need to know when to strike. If LeBron goes on a one or two week tear averaging, you know, 30, 12 and 10, that's not good. That's not good. You're wasting that. You want him to do that in the playoffs. You don't want him to do that nonsense in December. Get out of here. All right, you guys, what's next? Despite constant rumors, Damian Lillard is staying in Portland. Uh, But Neil O'Shea got pushed out. So do you guys think this opens the door for change in Portland? Oh, it's every excuse under the book to, to make a shift and a change in Portland. Dame's talking too much. Like You've got to concentrate on his ball. I don't think he's talking, though. I think the media's putting words in his mouth. Uh, listen, for, I don't know what it is, but for a guy who's not talking, I'm hearing way too much about him. <laughs> you know, Way too point. much about this guy, right? And usually where there's smoke, there's fire. You mentioned bringing Ben Simmons over. Lillard, I think, made a comment saying that he would like to play with Simmons. The problem now is that C.J. McCollum has like a serious illness or injury. So if you're going to get yeah. Simmons over there, he was probably the guy that was going to go the other way. Um, yeah. So I think that's that may not be a possibility anymore. Yeah. I don't think Philly wanted McCollum. Yeah, I agree with um, that too. I think I think Philly was really going after uh, Lillard. Uh, Lillard. Yeah, and that, and that's fine. But yeah. at, at this point, if if you can get CJ McCollum for the saga that is Ben Simmons at this point and the value that yeah. they've lost with him, I don't I don't think Portland is going to trade Lillard for Simmons. No, based on you know lo- loyalty factor alone. Um, but anyway, I'm just going to put this out there, Sharif Abdurrahim. Put that man in that general manager position. Get him up there. Yeah, not a bad what, idea. What is his role with, with, with them right now? Is, is he the G League coach or something? He's the president of the G League. Yeah. Mm, would, that yeah. Be a, would that be a good move for him or would he be just be an NBA executive? 
and, and go that. I route. think he would. I think it's a move up. Um, it's definitely a move up in salary. <laughs> yeah, but he's not. He doesn't care about salary. Like he made his money. But to be able to be the president of basketball operations for an NBA franchise, um, mind you, I mean, being the president of operations for an entire league is fantastic. But it's G League. It's a developmental league. Moving on to a a general manager position for one of the better franchises in the NBA. That's big. That's a big move. All right, man. You, you swayed me. <laughs> swayed. swayed. <laughs> anyway, I don't know. It's, it's time to treat this segment to a nice plane ride north. Way north. Like, I'm talking about the North Pole. Not the North Pole we all see in these holiday Christmas uh, kids movies. I'm talking about the frozen tundra type of North Pole. And if you've been listening to this show for a while, you you can probably guess where I'm going next with this one. But hey, use your imagination. Coming up next, we're talking about the best duos to end in the worst goddamn way. This is High and Low. This moment is brought to you by High and Low listeners. This week, we had listeners share their top five NBA duos that ended badly. Uh, we heard from Rowan in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Shout out to all of our high and low listeners on Canada's West Coast. And hey, big shout out to Sonia. Uh, Rowan listed his picks from fifth to first. Uh, they are as follows. At number five, Rowan has the Pelicans, Anthony Davis, and DeMarcus Cousins. Man, high hopes for the Twin Towers of Bourbon Street. I remember that. Number four. The Orlando Magic's Penny Hardaway and Shaquille O'Neal. Uh, yeah, man, that was more like a Greek tragedy. I'm still feeling, feeling the pain from that one. Uh, number three is the 76ers, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. And it will probably get worse. Uh, number two, Kobe and Shaq. Uh, actually, I'm glad they both made amends years later. But those two uh, did not like each other for years after that. After the Lakers dynasty, um, Rowan's number one duo that ended badly is Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook, KD and Russ. Yes, of course. Uh, cupcakes. <laughs> Great list, Rowan. Thank you. Appreciate you. Hey, listeners, let us know who your five duos are this week. Leave them in a review. Leave them in our Facebook group. Drop them in the Discord chat. Uh, speaking of Discord, come talk to us on Discord where we have our watch parties or listening parties uh, during the season. Go to our Facebook group for more information on how to join. Actually, hey, listen, all the links are in the show notes. Alright, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to High and Low. I'm Ike Amechi and I'm here with Hugo and Sean. Yes, it's our three-man weave. If there's one thing that we know about the NBA... It's this. You can't win alone. It doesn't matter how good a player you are. Every Batman needs a Robin to win. The good to great players who don't have that tend to, you know, they put up those good numbers, the empty numbers, great stats, but it doesn't really mean anything. This is why you, you know, you'll see front office find a good to great number two for their number one. You know, the, the really effective GMs will round out the roster with decent to good players. But the formula is pretty straightforward. You need at least two stars. And 
the NBA has had many teams feature at least two stars. Now, some of those combinations have worked really well, and uh, you don't hear of any bad blood. You know, I'm thinking John Stockton and Karl Malone, uh, Magic and Kareem, Kareem and Oscar Robertson, Bill Russell and Bob Cousy. Uh, there are a lot of great examples of successful duos. On the other hand, there are many examples of duos that had so much potential, so much promise, only to flame out, underperform, or they were successful on the court, but they couldn't stand each other in the locker room. Now, we could talk about the great duos, the successful ones, and we can keep it positive, but that's no fun. Ain't nobody got time for that. Let's talk about the best duos who had all the tools to succeed, but just didn't make it and ended up going in the wrong direction. Let's get this party started now. Hey, let's start with you, Hugo. Your best duo to end in the worst way. Who were they? So I'm going to go. Uh, this is a bit nostalgic for me, and I've mentioned this duo before on the podcast. I'm going to go with Sean Kemp and Gary Payton. Mm. Um, I mean, these these two were the original um, late night sports highlights champions for a good what, six years. Um, mm-hmm. George, you know, George Carl came up there, and they were perennial uh, 60, 60 game winners uh, every year. They lost in the Western Conference Finals, I believe, three times in a row. Are you sure? Finally broke through and uh, lost to the Chicago Bulls in uh, 97, I believe, Jordan's last championship. No, mm-hmm. not Jordan's last championship. Um, and then it was just poof. Sean Kemp got traded because uh, he wanted more money from uh, Cleveland, which they happily obliged him. Uh, Gary Payton kind of told in uh, in Seattle for a couple of years until he uh, got out, got with the Lakers, hoping to win it, win a championship, failed miserably there because of others, and then went to Miami and finally fulfilled the dream. And, you know, it's interesting because when you look at the, the two of them and their statistics, I mean, I just remember how much hype uh, Sean Kemp had. Like, I, 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 would have, I would have honestly said Sean Kemp was the bigger star between the two of them. But mm-hmm. when you actually go on Basketball Reference and check the resume, Hall of Famer, yeah. nine-time All-Star, Steels champion, NBA champion, t- champion, nine-time All-NBA, nine-time All-Defensive, uh, All-Rookie, uh, Defensive Player of the Year, and Top 75. You look at Sean Kemp, six-time All-Star, three-time All-NBA. That's it. Uh, so that's my two. I think the move to Cleveland is what kind of spelled the end for Sean Kemp. I think if he stayed in Seattle, he would have continued being the number one guy. He had, he had, honestly, he had three good years in Cleveland. It wasn't until he went to Portland that he was a shell of himself. He started gaining a lot of weight when he was in yep. Cleveland, though. Yep. So, and his game completely changed. Yep. And that's when he that's when the injury bug really started to to hit him. Um, so, I mean, yeah, he had, like, he put up some decent numbers. I think he averaged 20 a game, but he didn't even play a full season. He was, yeah. he was injured half the season. Right. He, but that was he, it. That was the end. He had some off, off-court habits, I think, that led to some of the decline and the weight gain. But usually people that have those habits lose weight. Um, didn't, didn't Seattle lose in the first round 
at least once to like the eight seed, and then or if not more than once. Yeah, they lost. I know they lost Denver. to Denver. Yeah, with yeah, they lost to Denver. Tumbo, and that did they lose in the first round as a two or three seed as well? I don't know, but yeah, they they were like the playoff failures up until they they lost yeah. in the finals or whatever. Even when Kemp left, and it was just George Carl and, and Gary Payton, they had two half decent seasons, uh, and then mm. that's when Carl got let go. And I mean, they didn't do much in the playoffs, but record wise, um, they weren't that bad. Statistically, they weren't that bad. Um, but I just I don't know like for 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 the birth of of sports late night TV and as much I used to like I, it used to be a regular thing to watch their highlights on TVs and like you know mm-hmm. uh, highlight of the week was always them doing crazy stuff and you just expected so much and then when they finally broke through and got to the finals like you just sort of thought okay we're gonna see this again they're gonna come back maybe not maybe not against the Bulls but. They're going to come back. These guys are both young players. They still got a good couple of years left in them. They're going to come back. They got spanked by Houston, uh, I think it was the next year. But anyway, long long story short, it's it's just it just fizzled. Like like, and it wasn't anything personal. Like you know, they really got along. Everybody loved each other on that team. George Carl was was the perfect coach at the perfect time. Yeah. It just just there was so much expectation, and then after that finals, it just went poof and. Never heard of them again. Peyton and Kemp, uh, there are a few duos that come to mind when we think of the 90s. They are in that top five, I would I would say, maybe even top three that I think of. Nah, top five that I would think of. Uh, so, yeah, they definitely didn't live up to potential. I mean, you know, they had four, five good seasons, um, which, is, which is quite some time. But, uh, yeah, I like it. No cheat codes. Not They're, as toxic. Not as toxic as I was thinking it was going to be. But hey, <laughs> hey, they, they were um, the prototypical great regular season team and fizzle in the playoffs. Not 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 be built for the playoffs. I feel like I was because both of them are not like natural scores. So mm. when when it came down to like crunch time, it's like who wants the ball, and they're both kind of nervous in those in those moments. But this um, okay, but especially I hear you. I, but this is what I'll say. They went to the Western Conference Finals three years in a row and lost. Are you sure? And then mm-hmm. broke through and got to the finals and got beat by the Bulls. Yeah. So it, it's like, yeah, like, I get it. Like, you know, it, if they had a more checkered, uh, like, if, and I, you know, I don't know if somebody mentioned it, but if they were like Dow Ming and Tracy McGrady, I would 100% agree with you. But to get to the Western Conference Finals, multiple times in a row are you sure like four out of five years like oh we gotta be- we gotta fact check you man i don't think that's true oh finally yeah I, I but and how many of those years were they the one seed playing against the lower seed and losing to the lower seed well that was uh, that was the first year i believe that they went there and then they they, lo- they lost in the first round two years in a row before, and then went to the finals the very next year yeah it, did it, did really? they ever lose in the western conference final they they went to the western conference finals um that first year with george carl and then and i think that was in 93 yeah and then they then they no, lost 90. in the first round. They lost in the first round of the Western Conference two years in a row. To Sean's point, I mean, they weren't really 
they didn't feel like a team that was built for the playoffs. They lost as a one seed in the first round two years in a row. Yeah. I think that that's yeah. that's yeah. sixty. They yeah, won sixty three right. games that year. That's historically 60. bad. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, you're right. Yeah. You're right. You're right on that one. Uh, I should check my receipts on that. <laughs> <laughs> now, now to your point, I mean, this is a team that in that Camp Payton era, they consistently won. 50 games a season. I mean, they went, they won 60 games, 60 plus. Yeah. They were, good. They were a top seed. Like they were a number one seed. So the expectations were there. The unfortunate thing is that, Hey, listen, you were playing during the bulls dynasty mm-hmm. and being the best team in the West just meant that you were going to lose to the bulls in the finals yep. essentially at that time. But that was, Definitely a, a a duo that that really um, they performed. They performed in the regular season. They just couldn't really get it done in the playoffs. But uh, yeah, let's take a quick break because uh, I want to hear from Sean. But I want to break this up a little bit. Um, so when we come back, we're gonna hear Sean's duo. This high and low. All right, you guys. What's next? This week's episode of the High and Low Basketball Show is brought to you by Steph Curry's growing list of three-point records, Ray Allen's shrinking list of three-point records, and KD's love for Trey Young. Yes. Let's get back to High and Low. All right, and we are back. This is the High and Low Basketball Show. Or the basketball podcast, you can call it whichever you want. We're just talking about the best duos that ended badly or just just didn't end well. And uh, Hugo, Hugo brought up Sean Kemp and Gary Payton of the Seattle Supersonics back in the 90s. So we had a like, nice little trip down memory lane. And now we move on to Sean. Sean, your duo. So my, my duo is uh, it's another kind of stroll down memory lane. Uh, I you may not even remember that these guys played together because it was only for one year, uh, but it was Charles Barkley and Salty, I mean, Scotty Pippen. Um, <laughs> and, and that, that was the 98-99 Houston Rockets. Uh, you got to remember, uh, Hakeem was also on that team. Uh, so this was technically a super team before we were talking about super teams. Um, yeah, uh, it, it didn't end well from a from a win loss perspective. Uh, they did have a decent regular season, but they lost in the first round of the playoffs uh, to the Lakers. Um, one thing to note is that Pippen signed a five year, sixty seven million dollar contract with the Rockets, and Barkley, uh, in an effort to stay under the salary cap and to try to win a title, was only paid one million dollars that year. Um, so he, he he took a huge pay cut and made, made a huge sacrifice to get Pippen on that team. Um, and, and, you know, the relationship seemed okay at first, uh, you know, but then eventually Pippen became frustrated with his role in Houston. Uh, he was coming from a team in Chicago where he played without a dominant big man, uh, and then going to a team with two dominant big men, essentially. Um, so he wasn't really getting touches. Uh, he, he actually said that he was standing around a lot more than he used to in the Houston offense. And he was essentially the third option there. Um, that being said, uh, Rudy Tomjanovich did try to draw up plays for Pippen throughout the year, but 
I think when he did that, it was evident that out of all the three superstars in that team, his level of play had dropped the most drastically. Uh, and you can, you can see that statistically, uh, if you, if you look at their stats, he was never really able to recapture that, that form he showed with the Bulls. And, and to make matters worse, he was actually arrested for a DUI that season too. Um, so he didn't have really a lot going for him. Uh, and, and the, the beef between Barkley and Pippen actually really started in the playoffs. Um, it, it was actually a lockdown shortened season. So I think they only played about 50 games. Uh, but in, in game one against the Lakers, against a, a, a very young Kobe and Shaq, uh, there was a sequence in crunch time where Shaq got a rebound with about 10 seconds left. Hmm. Uh, I, I think Houston was up by two at this point or, or three, maybe two. Um, and, Barkley immediately fouled Shaq as a hack of Shaq, put Shaq on the line, which Shaq missed a free throw. So you're thinking, great, great play, Barkley. We have the ball now with 10 seconds left. Um, the very next possession, Pippen had a really bad turnover. It's like dribbled it off of his leg with 10 seconds left. And Kobe eventually got the steal, hit two free throws to win the game, um, which, you know, that happens basketball play. But then Pippen went on post game presser and blamed Barkley saying that he shouldn't have fouled Shaq and that they should just have played straight up. Um, so, I mean, the reason why I'm, I'm calling him Salty Pippen. Um, and, it, and then in the offseason, uh, Pippen did ask, actually ask to be traded to the Lakers, who they just lost to, which is kind of kind of the coward's way out, Kevin Durant. Um, but he, I, I think his, 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 his reason was, was to be reunited with Phil Jackson, uh, which kind of made sense. But when when all that came out in the media, Barkley went off on him, calling him calling him a baby, uh, saying he needs to apologize to the fans, to the city, and to Charles himself, because Charles put his you know Charles made that sacrifice to to get him on the team, um, yeah. and and actually things got even uglier before the next season uh, when when Pippen was calling Barkley fat. Uh, I think there's a famous quote from Pippen during that time was after Barkley said that he owed him an apology. Uh, was that Pippen said that Charles actually owes him an apology for making him come play with his sorry fat butt. Uh, wow. Yeah, the, the, there was some pretty intense media back and forth between two until Scotty was traded to the Blazers. Uh, Pippen continued to live up to uh, my, my nickname for him. Well, actually, I mean, people are calling him Salty. I'm calling him Salty Pippen. Um, <clears throat> and continue with the saltiness until Antel's Barkley's career ended with it with a serious injury, um, and you know what? It's it's it ended poorly, but I think now they they've sort of buried buried the hatchet. Uh, both guys work in the media now. It seems like they have more of a competitive respect for each other, um, you know, which is essentially the same with their opponents. The irony of the situation was that when they were opponents, they were fine, but then when they became teammates, that's when their relationship got ugly. Um, Pippen seems like to be like he's gaining a reputation of, of leaving a trail of salt wherever he goes. And that's too bad considering he was one of the greatest players to ever play. Um, there's, there's a quote from the dark Knight that, that kind of reminds me of a situation. You, you either die hero or you live long enough to become the villain. And I feel like that's appropriate for Scotty right now. Nice. <laughs> dark Knight quote. Wow. Here he's definitely the villain right now. Go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I think I think that like we, I I actually didn't even remember that he played for Houston. It was it was so quick and it was a shortened season too. So oh yeah, like, that was a horrible season. A lot of drama that year. A lot yeah. of drama. I forgot that he ended his career in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. But it was, like, he played up. like twenty games. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 
that's messed up. Scotty Pippen, man. Uh, I don't know. That he's ungrateful. You know. <laughs> you know. You know what the. You know what her started was was a seven year, eighteen million dollar contract. I, I think he regret that. So it is his fault, but he's not. I don't know. Mature enough to, or 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 you know, mentally healthy enough to to really accept the blame for that or anything really. Yeah. Um, but I think that's sort of where the saltiness started. Um, and it's, yeah, it's just grown and grown since then. Yeah. Yeah. He was dumb. The minute he, he took like, I, I get the holdout. I think that, that was the big problem. He held out expecting to get more money. He didn't get more money and he stayed and played. And then it's just, like, you just sit there like, dude, what are you doing? Like you did all that for nothing. You might as well just sign that from like the beginning of the season and just complained all year round. Exactly. He's a fool. Just a fool. But it's funny, though. He still ended up making more money than Jordan through his career, but still isn't happy. Yeah, but that's also indicative of that salary cap situation. Jordan retired, I think. Jordan was playing on one-year $30 million contracts, right, for his last two or three years for the Bulls. Yeah. $25, $30 million contracts, which was, like, astronomical for that time. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. But it wasn't wasn't long-term. Yeah. And also, Jordan was making loads of cash. Exactly. His endorsements. So he. Yeah. But also, it also losing it all in the casino. Yeah. Now, now. <laughs> Just a little bit of it. Not that much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Great, great pick, man. Barkley and Pippen, uh, a duo that it doesn't really come to mind because many people forget that they played together in Houston. When I think of that Houston team, I, I honestly think of Drexler, Olajuwon, and Barkley. Yeah. I think Drexler was was maybe he was not there that year or injured or retired. Yeah, I think he came after. I think he came after, right? Oh, after. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, he came after. Yeah, and then Barkley were gone when they were there with the, the winning years. Yeah, they they they. I think they lost in the Western Conference Final. They actually did lose in the Western Conference Final two or three years in a row. Unlike the Seattle Supersonics, who <laughs> that's some fake fake news, but uh, <laughs> no, but yeah, no, but yeah, when when they had Drexler, I think even didn't Steve Francis come there during was was he there with Olajuwon too maybe for a year uh, uh, for yeah. a year yeah they overlapped yeah. that's correct yeah. yeah yeah we don't talk anyway. about him yeah Steve Francis yeah I just want to quickly shine some light on uh, on game four in the second round of the NBA playoffs in the Eastern Conference 1997 uh, we had the New York Knicks versus the Miami Heat I don't know if you guys remember this 97? oh I remember this we had Alonzo Mourning mm-hmm. on one side mm-hmm. leading the Heat on the other end we had New York Knicks featuring Larry Johnson Grandmama so to the casual observer these uh, these were yeah these were two physical teams going at each other you know the Knicks that was who they were they made it personal with a lot of teams and they got, and they got physical got personal they were built to do this but to the trained eye one could see that Larry Johnson and Alonzo Mourning were putting a little extra on their box outs they're you know they're <laughs> fighting for position anyone who knew that these guys were former teammates knew that ooh this wasn't going to end well and in the fourth quarter the two got tangled up started shoving and they started swinging with malicious intent 
Uh, there was definite bad blood between the two, and it all began in Charlotte. Yeah, that's right. I was wondering where you're going with that. Yeah, man. <laughs> Back in 1991, the original Charlotte Hornets, before Michael Jordan bought a franchise and decided to name it the Hornets, <laughs> the original okay. Charlotte Hornets drafted Larry Johnson first overall. LJ was uh, was an absolute beast coming out of UNLV, where he led the school to a national title. He was a 6'7", 250-pound small forward who could fly a walking double-double and an instant star in the NBA. His first season, he averaged 19.2 points per game, 11 rebounds per game, 49% from the field. This guy just, just couldn't miss. Well, he missed half the time, technically. <laughs> but we're not going to talk about that. Um, the very next draft, the very next year, the Hornets picked up Alonzo Mourning with the second overall pick behind Shaq. Zoe was dominant in college where he led the Georgetown Hoyas in blocks, points, and rebounds. He was named first-team All-American. Um, expectations were high, of course, because, uh, I mean, you put a guy like that next to LJ, these are guys that can average 20 and 10 with their eyes closed. So in 1992-93, Zoe averaged 21, 21 points a game, 10 rebounds a game, while LJ averaged 22 and 10. Um, but LJ made the all-star team. These were two alphas, just to borrow from Hugo's lexicon. Uh, you know, and they both thought they were better than the other. I mean, it was that simple. So, you see, he was in a similar situation in college because he played next to Dikembe Mutombo. You guys remember that? Yeah, yeah. So, oh, yeah. And, and Ewing was there just before that too, right? Uh, a bit of a gap. Just And also, sorry, to go back to your point, I, th- I, th- I think they both were better than each other. <laughs> yeah, pretty, yeah. On, on, on any given night yes. yeah exactly yeah on any given night you know so it was it was tough you know especially for zoe who basically had to deal with the same type of situation he was a defensive monster behemoth and his production went down when the kimbe assumed the center position right but then the kimbe went to the league the year before zoe's first year without matumbo that's when he. That's when you saw his numbers just go through the roof. That's when his production went up. Then next thing you know, he finds himself in the exact same position in the NBA. So it must have been frustrating for him. You know, these guys they bumped heads, LJ and Zoe, and that happens with teammates. It didn't affect them on the court. You know, when Zoe was named uh, to the All Rookie Team, LJ apparently would remind him that he won the Rookie of the Year trophy in 92 by wearing a jacket that said Rookie of the Year. Um, still, didn't affect him. You know, Charlotte made it to the Eastern Conference semis in 93. They lost to the Knicks in five games. But money can, as they say, money can be funny. And when the Hornets handed LJ a 12-year, $84 million contract that same year in 93, which was lucrative at that time. It's crazy, but it was lucrative. Um, it started the trouble. Uh, LJ was a star, the face of the Converse, uh, Converse brand and one of the faces of the league. But Alonzo was a star as well, arguably Charlotte's best player. He had a higher upside. Um, and in 95, the Hornets offered Alonzo Mourning a contract extension worth $78.4 million, which would have... Uh, and oh, for seven years, which would have uh, paid him $11 million a year compared to LJ's $7 million a year. And he turned it down. 
Zoe turned it down. Uh, so the Charlotte Hornets had to trade him to Miami for a bag of chips. I won't get into into the specifics of that deal because it was a joke. Um, and I mean, he turned it down because he wanted to be the top. He wanted to be the top guy. He wanted to be the alpha, as Hugo would say. And he didn't want to share that throne with LJ. They played together for four seasons, four very productive seasons that could have led to more successful years. And to put this in, into perspective, if they just lasted one more season, one more, they could have been playing next to a young rookie by the name of Kobe Bryant. If they just waited one more year. But instead, they ended up on the opposite sides of uh, 1997 playoff matchup where they started shoving and swinging and punching each other with Jeff Van Gundy tethered to Alonzo Mourning's leg. Ah. <sighs> What is the the would have been the could have been Zoe? So. LJ have, and Zoe. One day we have to get Van Gundy on here and ask him, what were you thinking? <laughs> what were you hoping to accomplish? Like, do you think you were going to be able to anchor Lonzo, Lonzo Morning so he couldn't walk or move anywhere? <laughs> <laughs> it was theatrics. Yeah, I think if you watch it again, you see that he's smiling. <laughs> I, what else are you going to do? <laughs> It's just like it's just so funny to watch small little Van Gundy holding on to six foot ten Alonzo Mourning. I was gonna say he was like that little little piece of toilet paper at the bottom of your foot. No, that's <laughs> <laughs> but no, no, no. I love Van Gundy, so I don't want to be disrespectful. <laughs> hey, that's that's a, that's a great visual. This is a great discussion, and uh, it's a fun topic to dive into. I mean, we can go on and on. There's so many duos to to really just uh, to dissect. Not all of them were successful. Why the f- I can't shoot three-point shots? Well, this brings us to the end of another episode of the High and Low Basketball Show, or the High and Low Basketball Podcast, whichever you want to call it. Uh, so thank you, Hugo. Thank you, Sean. Our three-man weave has been it's, been... it's been working, man. I like it. I like it. It's smooth. It's effective. We score. And then we get back and play defense. I like it. If you haven't done so, subscribe to High and Low anywhere you find podcasts. If you know anyone who loves basketball, do them a favor and send them over to us. Uh, we'll take good care of my promise. And just take a moment to let us know what you think of the episode. You know, share your thoughts on this week's conversation. If you have any duos that you'd like to throw in the comments or in your review, please do so. You can leave your duos in our comment section on IG or on our YouTube channel. And speaking of that YouTube channel, make sure you go there and you subscribe. Click on that bell. Um, we're on Instagram at Get High and Low. We're on TikTok at Get High and Low. We're on Twitter at More High and Low. Where can listeners find you? You go. You can find me on Instagram at the dot Decepticon. Um, just chilling, you know. Do Christmas shopping. Good lord, not fun. Are you finished? Uh, that would imply that I would have started already. Yeah. <laughs> plenty so, of time. Plenty of time. Yes, we'll see. Money Supply open. chains are, are tight. That's what they keep saying, tight. so we'll see. We'll see what magic I can pull out of my uh, my bag. There, there's there's not plenty of time to online shop, potentially, but there's plenty of time to go to the yeah. This week. This week. That's the job. This week. Yeah, before they lock it down. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't start. Uh, Don't be like that. You jinxed it now. 
Okay, I take it back. Not gonna work. All right. Oh, Very good. Okay, next. Uh, what's his name? With this back to me. Sean, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram as well at Sean underscore controversy. And once again, music is by Live with the Enjoy Music Group. That's the music you listen to right now. You can find Live on Twitter and on Instagram at LYVE. Music is also by Sonny Rockwell of The Goodness. Can't find that guy anywhere. Sound design is by Vaughn August. This is a Vaughn Abraham podcast, just in case you didn't know. So on behalf of Sean and Hugo, I'm Ike Amechi. Thank you for listening to High and Low. We'll see you next week. Worst duo, Mitch Stevens. Shirt pocket. Wow.